0: Hello and welcome to episode 22 of the Ford Progress Football Podcast. I am your host Zach Party, and today we're going to be going over the New Orleans Saints. Let's get right on into it. All right so before we get on into it if you're on YouTube leave a like because whenever I hit my new highest liked video that's when I'm going to be choosing someone in the comment and sending a hoodie that I was wearing in the last video over to you guys. So if you want to get a hoodie and a just help me out. Just, yeah, leave a like, and um, let's get into it. So in case you're new here, what we do is we go over each roster position by position and break it down. I ask questions like what I want to see coming out of each position, and um, at the end of it, I give a pessimistic and optimistic overview of the whole roster, as well as talking about the over-under Vegas win total, whether or not I think you should bet the over or the under, as well as the biggest strength and weakness of the roster. At the end of this whole series, I'm going to be doing a season uh, prediction where I'll give my official win totals for each team, as well as a playoff prediction and an awards prediction. So, without wasting any more time, let's get into the New Orleans Saints. Alright, also I spent a bit more time on the graphics, let me know what you guys think. Um, Starting off with quarterbacks, we have Jameis Winston, Andy Dalton, Taysom Hill, and Ian Book. Jameis Winston is one of the most polarizing quarterbacks in the league. On one hand, he is a former number one overall pick who led the league in passing and had 33 touchdowns in his last full season as a starter. On the other hand, Tampa moved on from him after year 5 when he threw 30 interceptions in that season. Looking at his PFF stats, Winston tends to be towards the top of the list of big time throws and positively graded plays. but also has the most turnover worthy plays and negatively graded plays. Winston is a true roller coaster. Last year before he tore his ACL, he was having a cleaner season than normal with 14 touchdowns to three interceptions while also having a below average turnover worthy play rate, but still the highest negatively graded play rate. So we'll see if this season if he's a bit safer with the ball now or if that was just Sean Payton working some of his magic. Either way, I'm excited to watch him play this season because I think he's just going to be fun to watch. For years, Dalton was the definition of an average quarterback. Someone who was good enough to win and make the playoffs on a good team, but not good enough to get the team over the hump. These last two years, he's been a backup in Dallas who started when Dak went down with injury, and then the veteran option who started the season over rookie Justin Fields in Chicago last year. If he needs to play, he'll be able to execute an offense at a low level, but don't expect him to elevate his playmakers much. Taysom Hill was a fun idea for a few years, but clearly has not worked out so far. I doubt he'll see snaps at quarterback, maybe if he has a wildcat, but honestly I think he'll move back to his old role as tight end, halfback, special teams ace, where he was pretty good at. Ian Bok was drafted in the fourth round last year and played one game where he threw for 135 yards, zero touchdowns, and two interceptions. Maybe one day he can be a solid backup, but he will probably be a practice squad guy this year, if not just flat-out cut. For running backs, they have Alvin Kamara, Mark Ingram, Tony Jones Jr., Dwayne Washington, Devine Ozigba, Abram Smith, and for fullback, they have Adam Prentice. Kamar is one of the league's best dual threat running backs, a true weapon in both the pass and the run. Kamar is one of the rare backs that can run offense through, as we saw them do it last year with Michael Thomas out and the quarterback situation in flux. We'll see if the departure of Sean Payton changes his usage at all, or if he'll remain one of the tops back in the league. He did miss four games with injury last year, however, so hopefully he stays healthy all of this year. Ingram spent his first eight years in New Orleans before playing two years in Baltimore and half of last season in Houston, before the Saints traded to get him back. His best seasons were as a complimentary back to Kamara, and he looked good again in that role last year. We'll see if he can keep producing at 33 years old. Jones went undrafted two years ago and saw a handful of snaps resulting in about 150 yards last year, but only 2.6 yards per attempt. Washington spent two years in Detroit before spending the past four in New Orleans, but hasn't done much with his time there, with less than 300 yards and zero touchdowns with the team. Ozigbo went undrafted in 2019 and has hardly played in the NFL. Smith is the undrafted free agent from this season, and Prentice went undrafted last year and saw a decent amount of snaps as the team's primary fullback from week 12 on. For wide receivers, they have Michael Thomas, Chris Olave, Jarvis Landry, Marquez Callaway, TreQuan Smith, Deontay Harty, Kevin White, Kwan Baker, Aesop Winston, Kirk Merritt, Dejon Dixon, and Rashid Shaheed. Thomas is a top receiver in the league. In his last full season, he set the reception record with 149 catches to go along with 1,700 yards and nine touchdowns. However, he m- missed much of 2020 and all of 2021 with injuries and a bunch of dramas on whether he even wants to be with the Saints anymore. It would also be interesting to see how well he meshes with Jameis, as Thomas did most of his best work in the short to intermediate game, while Winston is notorious for having affinity for throwing it deep. Olave is such a smooth route runner coming out, and he's able to use that to create nice separation versus man, and also appears to have good awareness of zone concepts and where to sit in holes to be open. He'll give Jameis a deep threat option and many agree he'd start off best as a number two Z type receiver so hopefully Thomas is back with the team so we can see that play out. Landry is a high target possession type slot receiver who somehow finds a way to get open and win despite being one of the slowest receivers. At this point in his career he's best as a secondary or even tertiary threat as we saw him become less effective without OBJ even though Odell wasn't effective in Cleveland himself. Now back in Louisiana, can the almost 30-year-old receiver respark his career and remain a viable slot option? Callaway looked ready to step into a starting role after the preseason last year, but disappointed when the regular season began. He should be a solid deep threat for this team and a good number four with an upside, most likely Olavi's backup as another Z receiver. Drayquan Smith was injured for about half of last season, and when he did get in there, eventually, he did not look too good, finishing with 377 yards in 11 games. Smith can play both as a slot and an outside receiver, however, so that flexibility is nice to have as a depth piece. Deontay Hardy, previously Deontay Harris, proves that you don't need to necessarily be tall to succeed on the outside in the current NFL. They sit at 5'6", 170 pounds, Hardy is still able to win on the outside by creating separation with his route running. He also provides additional value as a return man, so he's probably a lock for a roster. White was drafted 7th overall back in 2015, but dealt with injuries instantly. He hasn't been able to stay healthy and hasn't looked like his college himself when on the field, sadly. Baker was drafted in the 7th last year, but didn't play yet. Winston and Merritt went undrafted two years ago, but haven't gotten much playing time yet, and Dixon and Shahid are undrafted free agents from this season. At tight end, they have Adam Troutman, Nick Vanette, Jawan Johnson, J.P. Holtz, Lucas Kroll, and Khalil Warning. Troutman is a good young blocking tight end who has some upside as a receiving tight end, but hasn't had too much success as a receiver so far through two years. We'll see if something can unlock within him in year three. Vanette is more of a blocking tight end and will likely be this team's number three, honestly, with Taysom Hill likely playing more tight end again. Johnson went undrafted two years ago and got a good amount of snaps last year, including four touchdowns, so if they keep four tight ends, including Hill, I think he's likely to make the cut. Holes is a blocking tight end coming from Chicago, but with a couple of good blockers ahead of him, it's an uphill battle for a roster spot. Cruel, he's an undrafted free agent from this season, and Warring was drafted in the third round of 2019, but he missed his entire rookie season with an injury, and he played a tiny bit in year two before being waived and bouncing around a bunch of teams in year three. It looks like he's going to continue that path now in year four. Along the offensive line, for starters, they have Trevor Penning, Andrew Speed, Eric McCoy, Cesar Ruiz, and Ryan Ramschek with James Hurst. Ethan Greenridge, Sage, Dux-Tater, Kalik Washington, Landon Young, Gerald Hawkins, and Derek Schweiger as backup tackles. And then Forrest Lamp, Josh Andrews, Calvin Throckmorton, and Lewis Kidd as backup guards. Trevor Penning is a rookie who was a nasty run blocker in college, but needs to work on his game technically, as he was flagged 16 times and played at Northern Iowa FCS school. While he physically has all the talent in the world, he may not be able to hit the ground running. James Hurst is a good swing tackle with starting experience, including most of last year. If Penny isn't at an NFL level yet, Hurst can step in and offer competent tackle play. Greenridge went undrafted in 2019 and has hardly played yet. And Doc Satter and Washington are undrafted free agents from this season. Pete has struggled through injuries throughout his career and has been disappointing as a first-round pick, but somehow always gets voted into the Pro Bowl almost yearly, likely because he plays between two Pro Bowl talents. Hopefully he can stay healthy this year and provide some starter-level play. Lamp was a second-round pick for the Chargers in 2017, but injuries hindered his development and now is likely a backup for the rest of his career. Andrews went undrafted in 2014 and has bounced around the league, last time getting snaps was back in 2020 with the jets mccoy was one of the league's best young centers and will only be turning 25 right before the season starts so he should be a mainstay along this offensive line for years ruiz was drafted in the first round of 2020 but hasn't quite lived up to the billing so in year three can he show some improvement and prove to be worth a first round pick Morton went undrafted in 2020 and started at both guard spots last year but looked poor while doing so, so he'll likely remain a backup again this year. And Kid, he went undrafted this year. Ramschek was picked with the last pick in the first round back in 2017 and was instantly one of the league's top right tackles. If he doesn't get injured again, he should be a top tackle once again. Young was drafted in the sixth last year and made one start where he gave up only two pressures and 44 draft backs, which isn't too bad for a young guy. Hawkins was drafted in the fourth round back in 2017, but so far has mostly been used as a sixth lineman in jumbo packages for various teams. And Schweiger is an undrafted free agent from this year's class. For interior defensive linemen, they have David Onyemata, Shai Tuttle, Kendavious Street, Malcolm Roach, Albert Huggins, Jordan Jackson, Jaleel Johnson, and Josh Black. Onyemata is a great interior rusher who also is no pushover against the run. Last year he had 32 pressures in the 11 games he played in, with his career high coming a year ago in 2020 with 46 pressures and 7 sacks. He will be turning 30 this season, but he should still have a few good seasons left in his prime. Tuttle went undrafted back in 2019 and has shown steady improvement, proving so far in his career that he's better against the run than the pass. He'll likely start again this year, but could get rotated out a lot, just like last season. Street is coming from San Francisco after playing out his rookie contract there as a fourth-round pick. He wasn't overly impressive while there, but he did show some flashes against the pass. Roach went undrafted back in 2020 and has seen a couple hundred snaps so far, more so against the pass than the run, but hasn't impressed too much in either aspect. Higgins has bounced around a lot since going undrafted in 2019, but stuck around another year in New Orleans after playing decently in the rotation. Jackson was drafted in the sixth round as a bit of a tweener player this year, and we'll see how much he plays in year one. Johnson is a bigger nose tackle type, having a below average year for Houston this past season, and Black is an undrafted free agent this year. For edge defenders, they have Cameron Jordan, Marcus Davenport, Peyton Turner, Tano Passenja, Carl Granderson, and Taco Charleston. Cameron Jordan is one of the league's best all-around edges. Great against both the pass and the run. Last year yielded his lowest amount of pressures since 2014 with 51, but he also had 13 sacks. So let's see if Jordan can keep being one of the top-tier edge rushers. Davenport had his best season last year with 42 pressures and 9 sacks despite missing weeks 2-6. through Now playing on the 5th year option, he's a likely candidate to have a monster year. Turner struggled with injuries through his rookie season and is stuck behind two great pass rushers. He was likely drafted as a replacement for Jordan if he regresses due to age or Davenport if he becomes too expensive. As a third edge, he should see a lot of snaps so let's see if he can take advantage of that in year 2. Passagnon didn't do much for Kansas City as a second rounder back in 2017. The bigger-bodied Edge can also rush from the inside on passing downs, but so far he hasn't been as effective as hoped for. Granderson went undrafted back in 2019 and saw a good amount of stops this past season in rotation, finishing with 28 pressures and 3 sacks. And the former first-round pick Charleston has bounced around the league since being dropped by Dallas, not living up to the billing sadly, and it's an uphill battle for him to make this roster as well. For linebackers, they have Demario Davis, Pete Werner, Zach Bond, Caden Ellis, Eric Wilson, DeMarco Jackson, Andrew Doyle, Sewell, and Isaiah Pryor. Since his second stint in New York and in these past four seasons in New Orleans, Demario Davis has quietly been one of the league's best linebackers, both against the run, but more importantly in coverage. He still played great last year, so let's see if he can keep it up at age 33. Werner was drafted in the second last year and didn't see full playing time, but when he was out there, he looked great. Now in year two, he'll likely see an increased role. Hopefully he can keep playing at a high level over a larger sample size. Bond was an edge rusher in college, but due to his great athleticism, he's being transitioned to off ball linebacker. So far, the transition has been unsuccessful. However, he is only entering year three, so there's plenty of time for him to grow. Ellis plays a hybrid edge linebacker role, mostly playing in base packages, so far as a good run defender. After a disappointing starting season in 2020 with Minnesota, Wilson hardly has played last year and is slated to be a backup once again. Jackson was drafted in the fifth round this year out of App State. Dowell went undrafted in 2019 and has hardly played defensive snaps yet. And Sewell and Pryor are undrafted free agents from this class. For cornerbacks, they have Marshawn Lattimore, Paulson Adebo, Chauncey Garter-Johnson, Alante Taylor, Bradley Roby, P.J. Williams, Jordan Miller, Dylan Mabin, Bryce Thompson, Demarcus Fields, and Vincent Gray. Lattimore is a extremely talented cornerback, but you could definitely argue that his best season was in his rookie year. He tends to be a defender who will show up against the top-tier wide receivers, but sometimes can get beat by less talented receivers. He seemed to have a bounce back year last year, despite giving up the most yards in his career and tied for the most touchdowns. His biggest concern is consistency, and if he can be more consistent, that would make him undoubtedly elite. Adebo was drafted in the third round last year after opting out of the 2020 season in Stanford. As a freshman, he was an amazing corner, but struggled with the injuries and declining play after that. Year one in the NFL went alright for him, so hopefully he can play better in year two, but there are plenty of corners behind him ready to take the starting job if Adebo can't. Garner-Johnson has been a great nickel since day one and hopefully will continue now entering a contract year four. Taylor is a good athlete and projects well at cornerback, but many thought taking him in round two this year was a reach. We'll see if he can prove people wrong starting in year one. Roby is good depth to have with experience at slot and outside, but has never had real high-end production but he can come in and at least stabilize this unit if the young guys can't step up or anyone gets injured. Williams has had a pretty up-and-down career, but looked pretty good as a rotational slot and even safety at times last year. Miller was drafted in the fifth round in 2019, but hardly has played yet, and may went undrafted back in 2019, also hardly playing. Thompson went undrafted last year, didn't play at all, and Fields and Gray are undrafted free agents from this season. At safety, they have Tyron Matthew, Marcus May, Daniel Sorensen, JT Gray, Justin Evans, and Smoke Monday. Matthew is one of the league's best defensive backs. His versatility allows him to be deployed at either safety spot or as the nickelback. He has great route recognition and see the pass coming, but a downside with him is he can be wrong and get beat. It should be very fun to see how he's used in year one with defensive head coach Dennis Allen. May really broke out once Jamal Adams was traded away, being one of the very few bright spots on the Jets. Now that he's out of New York, can he look even better? And will he be able to fully replace Marcus Williams or is there going to be a big drop off? Sorensen's play has definitely began to drop off, with him looking like one of the worst safeties in the league last year, if not the worst, until he got benched. And when he was coming off the bench, he did look at least a bit better, so he should have that same role here as the third safety, so hopefully he doesn't look terrible and is at least like decent. Gray, he went undrafted back in 2018 but hasn't played yet. Evans' career started off really well, as the 2017 second-rounder started for the Bucks right away. However, after another starting season in 2018, injuries dera- derailed his career, and he hasn't seen a snap in the past three seasons. Smoke Monday is an undrafted free agent this year, and I'm hoping he makes the roster just because that's a sick name. For his special teams, they have Will Lutz and John Parker Romo at kicker. Blake Gillikin and Daniel Whelan at punter, and Zach Wood at long snapper. Lutz has been an amazing kicker since going undrafted in 2016, but he missed last year with injuries. They have Romo as an undrafted rookie in case Lutz can't be 100%. Gillikin was a really solid punter last year in his first year starting with a 42 net average, but they do have undrafted free agent Whelan as competition, and Wood has been the Saints' long snapper since 2017. So now it's time for my season projection. As I said, I'm going to talk about everything that can go wrong and everything that can go right, as well as what I think their floor and their ceiling is, um, what I think about their Vegas over-under win totals, as well as their biggest strength and their biggest weakness. So pessimistically, I think their floor is the seven-win team. Um, this is a really solid roster, and us, this coaching is just absolutely atrocious, I don't think it will be. like I, I think seven wins is as worse as they can go. Um, some things that can go wrong, though, is Jameis. Uh, he's just as turbulent as ever, and his poor play makes the good plays irrelevant. Kamar could struggle again with injuries, and Ingram just looks old out there. Um, Thomas, he doesn't come back, whether it's due to injuries or gets traded or whatever, and Olave can't hit the ground running, and Landry and the rest of the receiving room can't step it up. Troutman is unable to establish himself as a receiving threat and Penning struggles as a rookie with Pete and Ruiz looking poor at guard spots. Even pessimistically, I think this defensive line will be like fine at worst. Um, there's just w- like way too much talent there for them to be bad, but Demario um, Davis, he is getting up there in age, so he could be hit with a bit of that regression and the young guys besides him might not be able to step it up. Um Lattimore could just remain inconsistent and this cornerback two spot could get rotated around because no one is able to step up and play well. Um just like the edge rushers, I think the combination of Chauncey, May, and Matthew at the safeties and slot spots should be fine, like at worst. Um, that's why like I think they're gonna be at least seven and ten because this defense should keep them in a lot of games, and the Jameis Winston, like roller coaster, should at least get the high-end variance occasionally even in a bad season but optimistically i think this team can go 12 and 5 um he could continue to be more careful with the ball but still having those big plays and kamara can stay healthy with him and ingram forming the nasty one-two punch once again if thomas comes back and olave looks great out the gate with landry too like looking like the solid slot receiver he is that could be one of the best like one two three receiving rooms Um, Troutman, he can continue to progress, um, and this O-line can look pretty solid if pinning as long as he's not too bad as a rookie and no one else is a really bad weak link. Um, This pass rush, it could be one of the best in the league between three solid edge retouchers rotating in and out, Tuttle if he's able to step it up a bit, and Anyamata continues his great play. Davis should continue to look elite as long as age doesn't hit him. And Werner, if he is able to play like he did last year over a larger sample size, could be one of the best in the league. Um, Lattimore, if he's more consistent. And then Adebo or Taylor, the rookie, can step up at cornerback number two. That could be a really great one too. with um, Gardner-Johnson remaining amazing in the slot. And then Matthew and May over top, creating an elite safety tandem. I was honestly shocked to see their over-under was only 7.5 wins. Um, I think they have a real shot to win their division, and I would definitely hammer their over. My guess is Vegas is really concerned that there's a huge drop-off between Peyton and Allen, because that's the only thing I can think of with this team winning 9 games last year. But I think this roster is so talented, and with Allen and offensive coordinator Pete Carmichael having been under Peyton's tutelage for so long, I think this team's going to be just fine. Uh, Their biggest strength I put as their secondary, this unit could be absolutely nasty. They have four arguably elite players at four of the five positions. I said arguably like they have shown elite flashes, maybe not the consistency of it. But yeah, Um, as long as the cornerback two spot can carry this weight, this might be the best secondary in the league, especially because they're going to be playing behind a good pass rush that's going to get the ball out fast. And then their biggest weakness, I put as offensive uncertainty. This offense just has so many question marks on it. Every play with Jameis Winston seems to be a question mark. Running backs are unreliable, especially if they have injuries history and they're getting older. Um, Michael Thomas, he's been out for a couple years. Olave is a rookie. Landry, he seems to be in the declining phase of his career. Troutman, he hasn't done much yet. They've left tackles a rookie add all that to losing one of the greatest offensive minds in the league there is a chance that this offense really does hold this team back all right so that's going to do it for this episode If you're on YouTube, leave a like, comment, subscribe. Remember, I'm going to be picking someone to send a free hoodie to. So if you want that, go ahead, do it. If you're on Apple Podcasts or Spotify or wherever you're listening to this, leave a five-star review. Go send it to your friends. And yeah, let me know what you guys think of the new graphics. If you liked it, it did take a lot more time, but I think they looked really good. So yeah, thank you and see you guys next time.